0: You guys know what the word epicenter means. A couple of people raise their hand right the, an epicenter right there's a couple of different definitions the one that i'm the that I'm really trying to to latch onto for our time together today is it's it's a focal point for activity an epicenter is is kind of the it's got a little bit of gravitational pull to it maybe right if it's that thing that pulls you your eyes to it's a center. Of activity, So we're going to be in Revelations two, Revelation 2 through 5 today. Uh, and uh, what we find in this text is a lot about worship. Um, so it's going to be a different sort of week than normal. Uh, Lucian and I and Eloah are going to have a little interaction. We're going to be your tour guides through the through this idea of worship as brought to us in Revelation uh, 2 through 5. And what I want to do is open a fresh conversation in your mind about why we do what we do, why we come together and sing, why worship needs to be more than just a part of what we're doing here on Sunday morning. And so in that, I'm going to uh, engage those guys. Um, So the other thing I think it's important to know you guys, for those of you who are visiting today, you may notice that we have a lot of kids in here. And you may say, why do you have kids in worship? Because in a lot of churches that I know of, that's a separate thing, right? From the very beginning, the kids are out, you know, are, are out, out there, <laughs> and, or in their classrooms, or or they separate the uh, teens from the adults. But we don't do that here. We're very intentional uh, about having the kids in worship with us. Anybody think about why we do that? Anybody? Why do we do that? We're raising them. Say again. We're one body. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Uh-huh. Amen. Yeah. These are the reasons why we do that. This is a model of, if you would, of what heaven's going to be like, and we're going to talk more about that. But, but I'm kind of curious to know, maybe from Eloa and Lucian, so what, what are some of your earliest memories about worship, Lucian?
1: Man, um, earliest memory of worship, I think uh, growing up, it, was pro- it probably did center around a church service. Okay. And... Um, singing songs um, with, like, really powerful and big ideas and big messages. Yeah, that's Those cool. my Do you
0: have some early memories of
1: oh, yes. worship?
2: Since five years old, because I can't remember back <laughs> then. <laughs> my father was a Methodist pastor, so I was always involved in church. Oh, okay. It's like that.
0: Five years old. I don't well, have. Because, I can't remember anything from no, five, five years, years old.
2: I, I still remember a gift from Christmas. So. Oh, okay.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, what has it meant for you guys to participate in worship over the years, like for for an extended amount of time? I'm not going to ask you how old you are, Lucian or Eloa. Mm-hmm. Just you guys have been doing this a long time. What has it meant to you to participate in worship over a long time?
1: Yeah, I, I think. Um, what's kind of happened for me over time is that i've I've kind of discovered that musical worship in particular is the the language of my heart, the language of my soul. it's it's the way in which I connect with God the most easily. Um, and so over time, over the years, you know when I was in in college, I was part of a choir and just seeing the the passion of those college students and high school students joining together and, and lifting their voices. And it wasn't just words. It was like, man, they're saying something. There's a cry from the heart that's um, being expressed. And I was like, man, I think I have that same thing in me. So yeah, that's, that's kind of been, that stayed with me until this day.
0: So, so, so tell me sometimes you just uh, during worship or during teaching, you'll just blurt out amen or yeah. come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I like to do that too. <laughs> But I don't do it. What is that for you? Why do you do
1: that? Yeah, to me, it's like, it's affirming what's been said. You know, it's like, I agree with that. That's yeah. true. Um, and I think, yeah, to, to just express that, that yeah. is true.
0: Yeah. yeah. All through scripture, you see a lot of times that word, amen, which means, yes, I agree. That comes up after yeah. something is said yeah. uh, or done, right? It's like, amen, you'll see it. So I appreciate that you know, about you. So, Elo. let me ask you this question. Um, they talk, There are a lot of, of conversation in Scripture about music and about instrumentation in worship. Why is, that, why is that important? Why is music such a critical part of worship?
2: Well, that I can remember, David was the one that started using instruments, but Moses was the one that started singing. And uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell that thing that I told you, uh, I think that worship, when I come grew up, growing up, I, I think that God was too self-centered. He wants worship and praise it all the time. And then I came to understand that it was not because of him, but it was because of me. And uh, I want to tell you something that I it pictured in my mind and make me understand that. When someone is dying, you look at the person and say, hey, hey, look at me, look at me, stay with me. So I think that's what God is doing with us during worship. Hey, stay with me. Yeah, the internet yeah. and the phone and everything. Hey, come on, stay, look at me, stay with me. That's yeah. worship. Yeah, it's it's because of us.
0: It's yeah. so come good. Come on. So, hey, hey Lucian, um, do you have a song, a worship song that you, over the years, has really meant a lot to you or continues? Every time you hear it, it's one of those songs that kind of, kind of brings you to your knees or brings you to your feet mm. or brings you to tears or... Or anything like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: I like this one.
0: with that song a lot here at Grace. It's one of my favorites too. Another one I think for me, just I remember from all of my time growing up and I see it. I see the response in the face here at Grace every time we sing it.
3: Oh Lord my God When I in awesome wonder Consider all the I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displays. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great. How great Thou art, how great Thou
0: art. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys have a seat, except for could I get the young kids to come up and spend a little time with Abby? Come on up.
4: A bigger carpet soon.
0: (laughs) We will need a bigger carpet. That's cool. All
4: right. Good morning. 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 Thank you, girls. Let's try it again. Good morning. morning. All right. Much better. Have you guys ever gotten a special letter? Yeah. A couple times. Who was it from? The mailman. The mailman. Excellent. <laughs> Your Mimi got you a letter? Maybe a letter from an old friend. Have you guys ever gotten a letter from an old friend? Do you guys ever have pen pals? Do you all have pen pals anymore? Okay, okay, some people do. Excellent. Well, today we're going to learn about special letters to the church in our classes today. So I have, since you guys are all our church I brought special letters for each one of you guys, okay? So I'm gonna pass this around, and you guys pick out a letter. All right, and then somebody that can read will tell us what it says. Excellent, let's wait till we get a few out. Here, guys. (laughs) This will be easier. Letters for everyone. (laughs) Get a (laughs) letter. Everybody, get a letter? Do we need more letters? Older kids, can you help pass out here, Bolton? Oh, not so much. (laughs) Brooklyn, you want to grab a letter? Do you want a letter, Eli? There you go. All right, somebody that can read. You are a child of God. You are a child of God, yes. Each one of you. are a child of God, so let's pray. Yeah. It says you are a child of God, and you can keep it. All right, dear God. I, I yeah. Go ahead. What do you I, want to say? I, I... You are a child of God. I am child of God. Amen. Excellent. Amen. <laughs> All right, dear God.
2: Dear God.
4: Thank you for these wonderful children of yours.
2: Thank you for the wonderful
4: children of yours. Amen. 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 All right, let's go to our classrooms.
0: So for everybody else here, while parents are helping kids find their way to their classes, we have a little tradition that we do here. So what we want you to do is... Get together with a group of three or four people, and we have a really good question for you to think about and talk about in those groups. So find three or four people, gather up, maybe somebody you don't know, huddle up, and talk about this question. What causes you to react to God and be called to worship during the week? What kinds of thing cause you to react to God and be called to worship during the week? So huddle up. Let me see y'all huddling up. Find three or four people, huddle up. Huddle up. I know for some of you who are introverts, you feel like this is a little hard, but it's, this is good. This is a good question to ponder.
5: Look down from a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touch down the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All those people going somewhere, why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second, give me your eyes so I can't see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the broken-hearted, The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can't see Yeah, 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 yeah Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet Does the best to smile at me, to hide what's underneath There's a man just too awry, black suit and a bright red tie Too ashamed to tell his wife he's out of work, he's buying time All those people going somewhere, why have I never cared I've been here a million times, a couple million times. Just move past me by It's where I never thought that I was wrong. Well, I want a second glance. So give me a second chance to see the way you see the people all along. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see. Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the brokenhearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can't see Give me your eyes Give me your eyes eyes so I can't see Everything that I keep missing Give me your heart
2: should
0: show people talking. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. You may, well, maybe one of the things that I'm probably most infamous for is interrupting really good conversations. <laughs> Man, it looked like you guys were were really enjoying that question. Was it hard? Was it a little hard? What, what, what kind? Can you share just out loud if you've got a big voice, just yell it out. Like what kinds of things... We're coming up in your conversations. Okay? Yeah, that, that was, Ella and I had that similar conversation up here very often. It's something bad or troubling or challenging or, you know that causes maybe causes me to turn and worship how about others what other things were you talking about yeah wonder of nature all the way back from stacy in the back booth oop working our slides today go stacy yeah the wonder of nature that's one that usually catches me too sometimes i'll just stand there and stare (laughs) how about others stillness say more about stillness Okay. Yeah. yeah, sort of when you let your mind and your body quiet down a little bit. That's good. That's good. Anybody else have another? What about where, where do you find that you think you should be worshiping and maybe you lack it lacks a little bit as you're making your way through the week? I'll, I'll confess one of mine. One of mine is a lot of times I'm, I am quick. Like Eloah and I were talking to, like if something's going haywire, something's bad, or I, I really need, I feel like I really need God, then I'm like, okay, you know, maybe you guys don't like that, but it's more like me. But there, there are, I have more joy in my life that I probably should be celebrating regularly and giving him glory for that and worshiping him for that as much as I am responding to or reacting to th- when things get a little tough or trying or when, when somebody you know, when somebody has a challenging thing going on with them, that's someone who's close to me. So, yeah. Well, like I said, what, what we experienced, the very front part of the worship is going to be kind of how we're going to continue this conversation. I do want to read a little bit of uh, the scripture to you, but I don't know if you guys happen to see my the uh, introduction that I wrote up. Um, can we pull that down just for now, Stacey? Um, I want to just have a short conversation. So i I, I I don't know if you guys know the where the origin origin of the word settler comes from. Have you ever considered where that word comes from? It's it, well, yeah, the game, right? Yeah, well, there's been a lot of games about settlers. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I think, um, yeah, it, it literally it's pretty intuitive. So a settler was somebody who who decided our family a group of people that decided to um to find a better life for themselves. So they would head out. Lots of times we think about it in context of the wide open Wild West, right? They would head out and they would go find a, try to find a life better for themselves. Where they, But they didn't always know where they were going. Sometimes they did because they had a friend who might write back and say, we have settled in this settlement and, you know, and it's really cool and come come to us or whatever. But a lot of times they would just head out and they would trek until they would find a place that they felt was um, good. Maybe it had water, it had game or things like that, right? And, and so when they got to that place, wherever that place might be, they would settle. And so that's where the, the word settler comes from. Um, but, but one of the problems with settling was that when you got to that place that you thought was the best place, um, you don't know if you would have gone over the next ridge or the next, through the next valley, or over the next mountain range, what might you have found? <laughs> well, what might you have encountered, had encountered, right? Um, but instead, once you settle, you start just fitting in and filling in and finding life and getting into a rhythm of life um, that often didn't, it didn't allow your imagination to continue to generate the original ideas that started you on your journey in the first place. And I think for me, I'll speak for myself, my own spiritual transformation and my own journey with worship sometimes looks a little like that. You know, I get to this place where I just start settling. I'm just in this rhythm, this routine. And I'm not really, um, I don't really have an imagination. And so I I, I want to today challenge us to rekindle maybe um, to refresh our concept of worship, of who God is, of how vital he is for us as Christians, as believers, in order for us not to find ourselves um, settling. Yeah. So uh, this quote I found super interesting from, uh, from Eugene uh, Peterson, Actually, I I think I want to just carry on a a little bit more of a conversation here. I'm thinking about some of the things that he's said, and I maybe need some more context and questions in order to help us understand. Because we're going through Revelation, and we're in uh, chapters 2 through 5, but I want to talk about 2 and 3 because I'm not going to read them out to you today. I suggest you go back and read them yourselves. But for sake of time, what I want to do is just recap this, right? So you have these seven churches that John is writing to, and that's where we get the letter um, revelation and the seven churches had all kinds of things um, going on with them right um, uh, there were things that John was writing to them to encourage them and he was writing to them as well to tell them to avoid some things and so um, they had walked away from their first love that's one of the things that John says to one of the one of the churches you've walked away from your first love and he basically says turn back right uh, Uh, And then to another church, he says, hey, don't quit, even though things are hard. I've loved what you're doing. Don't quit just because things are hard. Um, He tells them to watch out for false religions, things that are happening around them, people that are preaching false religion. Here's an interesting one. He talks to one of the churches about busy work. Um, busy work, being um, maybe another way of saying it, is sort of this mindless, heartless, uh, passionless procession of activity. Right? A lot of times we do things, and we without necessarily considering uh, the worship part of those that doing that, that just makes it busy work. Um, he talks a lot about worshiping the world, um, worshiping wealth. Uh, the last letter to the to the church. Of, Uh, Laodicea I think is how you pronounce that it was really pointed and a lot of times when I read that letter that portion of the letter I think of us I think of us in America You like we could be the point of that letter Uh, but with each admonition um, and series of encouragements uh, he ends his conversation with this are your ears awake listen listen to the wind words the Spirit blowing through the churches. What is this? What is he saying? What is John in, encouraging here? Lucian, do you have an idea what he might be encouraging here when he says that?
1: Yeah, I, I think maybe one of the things he might be encouraging us to do is to be aware that God is among us and he's moving, his Spirit is at work, and if we're, if we're paying attention, um, then we can actually um, respond appropriately to what he's admonishing us to do. When
0: you hear those words are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind. When words, the spirit blowing through the churches. What
2: is the first thing that came to my mind is listen to the wind. Mm. I don't, when it, when I listen to the wind, it's a storm. <laughs> so, and the fact the second thing is that the, the Holy Spirit is still here. The Holy Spirit still speaks to us, and we must pay attention. To understand mm. what yeah. he's saying.
0: Yeah, the fact that it's blowing through the churches too gives me this sense that there's a commonality among churches in the spirit that we share, right? As the mm. wind is blowing, mm. and but he's saying, "Listen, listen." By the way, in the in the message version, the wind words are capitalized, mm. so it's listening listening to the words, um, you know, from mm-hmm. God. Um, yeah. So, so, so now this great quote from Eugene Peterson, the act of worship rehearses in the present, the end that lies ahead. Heaven is introduced into the present. It also conserves the past, and so acts as a stabilizing force, but its dynamic function is anticipation, a community planning its future in light of its charter. So this is from a book that he wrote called Reverse Thunder. So what is this idea of rehearsing in the present? The end that lies ahead what does that mean
1: yeah, I think part of what i I think about when I think about that is that um, something that we 're anticipation anticipating as people of God is that anticipating being with God without any restrictions without any um, anything hindering us and being able to be with him and to worship Him. And so that sense of anticipation, what we're experiencing right now is a glimpse of what we will experience and enjoy with God with him in the future.
2: Yeah. We arrived here at church at 8:30 to rehearse for the worship time that we have one hour. But our lives should be a rehearsal. Every day, every time for what is waiting for us up there or somewhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when we read through the chapter, um, chapters four and five, I want you guys to be, and I'm going to do this for you, but I want you to be mindful of the fact that what we read is going on right now. Yeah. It's going on every moment of every day. And we are, in many ways, as we come together and do this, we are rehearsing that, right? What is it, in what ways does it conserve the past, like worship itself? How does it conserve the past and act as a stabilizer?
1: Yeah, I think maybe in terms of conserving the past is uh, what, what came to mind is how whenever God spoke to, to many people in the Bible, in the Old Testament, he would remind them that he's the God of their fathers. Like, I'm the God who has provided, who has been present, who has made himself known to your father, your grandfather, your great-great-grandfather, and I'm I'm he. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm that same God that is coming to you and that is engaging with you. Um, and so this invitation to to recognize who he is in in the past and in the present.
0: You Any thoughts about conserving the... How does it conserve the yeah, I past? Think, I
2: think if you want to know where God is taking you in the future, you have to look to the past. And you have to remember what he has done already. So you're going to understand where he's taking you.
0: I like that. <laughs> it reminds me, though, too. I mean, like When I thought about this and dwelled on it a little bit, for me, when I sing something, I remember it. Matter of fact, if you look at, you know, the Psalms and things like that, a lot of them were written in music to be put to music. Why? Yeah. So that we can preserve the past. Right. So we can conserve that so that we can understand it. And so I don't know that for me, that works because I can sing I can sing scripture songs or sing sing scripture back to God. And it helps me to be reminded of him. So worship um, does that for me.
1: Can yeah, I one quick thing? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that the children of Israel did as they marched in the in the wilderness, they would sing of the exploits of God in the past. In terms of, like, conserving the past, they would be singing what God had done for the children of Israel, like delivering them from Egypt and walking through um, the Red Sea. And that was something that they would continually do. Um, and so, yeah, music has that way of keeping them centered and, and, and remembering what God had done.
0: Yeah, another quote, um, or one of the things that came out of their, of that book, um, Reverse Thunder, that I thought was great. It says, what we are presently doing in worship corresponds to what presently takes place at the very heart of things, which we talked about. And Norma Farthing in the teaching team meeting this week said this. She said, um, since it's going on right now, how are we responding to that, right? right. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it, think about it. If it's going on constantly, um, how do we respond to it so so he goes on uh peterson goes on to say worship for us for the church is supposed to be recentering in worship god gathers his people to himself as a center where the lord reigns worship is a meeting at the center so that our lives are centered in god and not lived eccentrically we worship so that we live in response to and from this center the living god Failure to worship consigns us to a life of spasms and jerks, at the mercy of every advertisement, every seduction, every siren. Without worship, we live manipulated and manipulating lives. We move move either in frightened panic or in deluded lethargy as we are in turn alarmed by widely spread fear and soothed by placebos. If there is no center, there's no circumference people who do not worship are swept into a vast restlessness epidemic in this world with no steady direction and no sustaining purpose so so how does that speak to you guys Eloa
2: well i just i was thinking something when he says worship he's not saying singing singing mm-hmm. is just one side of worship when you are in your house and say oh my god when you say i need you god You are worshiping when you read your Bible. You are worshiping when you look to God. Some way you are worshiping. So we have the music, the benefits of music that help us to remember. And the Bible is filled with music, with David and with Moses. And I want to mention Moses' song, just a little bit. In Exodus, it, it has the the first song that God gave to Moses, it was a long song. It's the whole <laughs> chapter, probably two chapters of us, one song. And God gave him the order to teach the people and they have to sing that song every day because they learn what was Goding was telling them. So we're not singing for you and your entertainment or for us, it's to learn. It's to put the word of God in our hearts and in our minds.
0: So why do we do it together? I mean, I know, we, like, when I make my way through the week, a lot of the things that I do intentionally to focus on God are, are worship. But but there's something about this gathering. Maybe it's a little bit around that practice of what's going on in heaven, which we're going to read about here in a second. Right. But but anything else Think that causes you to think about why us, why together, why, together? why now? Yeah.
1: I, I think part of why is that he, he refers to us as the church as a body. And so... Um, yeah you have each of these pieces coming together to say we are one um, and, and it's like living out this unity that God says exists in his in his church and his body and his people and so that kind of like um, brings us into that reality yeah
0: good so they get the letters to the seven churches in chapters two and three And the response is that phrase at the end. If you have ears, listen. Mm. Listen to the wind words, right? So it's a call for us to worship. Well, right after that in chapter 4 and 5, guess what we get? We get a picture of worship in heaven. And so what I want to do is I want to challenge us today to spark our imaginations in this way. I want you guys to close your eyes. There's going to be no words on the screen And I'm going to read to you chapters 4 and 5 from Revelation. And just listen to the words. Allow yourself to be caught up in the worship that's happening in heaven right at this moment. Then I looked, and oh, a door open into heaven. The trumpet voice, the first voice in my vision called out, ascend and enter. I'll show you what happens next. I was caught up at once in deep worship, and oh, oh, a throne set in heaven with one seated on the throne suffused in gem, hues of amber and flame with a nimbus emerald. Twenty-four thrones circled the throne with twenty-four elders seated, white-robed, gold-crowned, lightning flash and thunder crash pulsed through the throne and from the throne. Seven fire-blazing torches fronted the throne. These these are the sevenfold Spirit of God. Before the throne, it was like a clear crystal sea. Prowling around the thrones were four animals, all eyes eyes to look ahead, eyes to look behind. The first animal, like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third, the third had a human face. The fourth was like an eagle in flight. The four animals were winged, each with six wings. They were all eyes, seeing around and within. And they chanted, night and day, never taking a break. Holy, holy, holy is God our master, sovereign, strong, the was, the is, the coming, Every time the animals gave glory and honor and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the age after age living one, the 24 elders would fall prostrate before the one seated on the throne. They worshiped the age after age living one. They threw their crowns at the foot of the throne, chanting, Worthy, O Master, yes, O God, take the glory, take the honor, the power. You created it. It was created because you wanted it. The lion is the lamb. I saw a scroll. I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one seated on the throne. It was written on both sides, fastened with seven seals. I also saw a powerful angel calling out in a voice like thunder. Is there anyone who can open the scroll, who can break its seals? There was no one. No one in heaven, no one on earth, no one from the underworld, no one able to break open the scroll and read it. I wept and wept and wept. That no one was found able to open the scroll, able to read it. One of the elders said, don't, don't weep. Look, the lion from tribe Judah, the root of David's tree has conquered. He can open the scroll. He can rip through the seven seals. So I looked and there, surrounded by throne animals and elders was a lamb slaughtered but standing tall. Seven horns he had and seven eyes, the seven spirits of God sent into all the world. He came to the one seated on the throne and he took the scroll from his right hand. And the moment he took the scroll, the moment he took the scroll, the four animals and 24 elders fell down and worshiped the Lamb. Each had a harp, each had a bowl, a gold bowl filled with incense, the prayers of God's holy people, and they sang a new song, worthy, oh worthy, take the scroll, open its seals, slain, paying in blood, you bought men and women, you bought them back from all over the earth, you bought them back for God you made them a kingdom you made them priests for our god priest kings to rule over the earth i looked again oh my i heard i heard a company of angels around the throne the animals and the elders 10,000 times 10,000 their numbers Thousand after thousand after thousand in full song. And they were singing, the slain lamb is worthy. Take the power, the wealth, the wisdom, the strength. Take the glory, the glory, the blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and earth, in underworld and sea, join in. All voices in all places singing to the one on the throne, to the Lamb, the blessing, the honor, the glory, the strength for age after age after age. The four animals called out, Oh, yes. And the elders fell to their knees. Worshipped. So there are five songs in this text. The first one is a song of adoration. It comes up in immediately in verses six through eight, and it says, prowling around the throne, what were the four animals, all eyes, eyes to look ahead behind. They were looking both directions and they were winged each with wiggings, but they all were uh, chanting together, night and day, never taking a break. And they were saying this: holy, holy, holy is God our Master, sovereign strong. The was, the is, the coming. So you know what I'd like to do? Let's sing that. It's a variation of it that we know, but let's sing that. takes that adoration and it connects it directly with God's creation. When it says this, every time the animals gave glory and honor and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the age after age living one, the elders would fall prostrate before the one seated on the throne. And they worshiped the age after age living one. They threw their crowns at his feet saying, Worthy, O Master. Yes, O God. Take the glory, the honor, the power. You created it. You created it. It was created because you wanted it. The lion is now the lamb. Clothed in rainbow. of living color.
3: Flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessing and honor, strength and
0: response with creation but more importantly with his redeeming mercy this is where we're truly invited into full participation that's where skip is invited into full participation and Stephen, leslie tim Lindsay, we're all invited in because of his redeeming mercy right and so the uh they look up, right, and there's these spirits um, of the animals and, and the elders, and they're, they're all falling down, and they're worshiping the Lamb, and they're singing, worthy, take the scroll, open its seals, slain, paying in blood. You bought men and women, you bought them back from all over the earth. You bought them back for God. Ah, but you didn't stop there. You bought them back, then you made them a kingdom. Priests for our God. Priests, kings to rule over the earth.
3: Worthy is the Lamb who was slain.
0: accompanied by an unaccountable number of angels or an uncountable <laughs> it says a thousand ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands more right and they were in full song at the top of their voices and they're singing the slain lamb is worthy take the power take the wealth take the wisdom take the strength that's yours take the honor the glory, the blessing, the honor, the glory, and the blessing.
3: Filled with wonder, awestruck wonder.
0: the Lamb, and He lifts them up in praise. It enlists the voices of all creatures, all angels, singing as one. When it says this, I, that, and I heard every creature in heaven and and, and earth, in underworld and sea, join in all voices, in all places, singing to the one on the throne, to the Lamb. The blessing glory, the strength for age after age. You know, let's just take that first line, to the one on the throne, to the lamb, be the glory. Say that with me. To the one on the throne, to the lamb, be the glory. To the one on the throne, to the lamb, be the glory. You know, a part of uh, our recentering um, actually comes when we take communion together. To think about the winds, word, wind words blowing, word winds blowing through the church is part of the thing that we share in common is the sacrament, and so we take communion to be remembered to be reunited as we remember the slain lamb, Mm -hmm. the one who makes it all possible for us, the one without whom any of us could be redeemed, to share in the creation in a full and rich way, in the way it was originally intended. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are priests in the kingdom of God. Does that... Does that scare you? Does that daunt you? Well, if it doesn't, it probably should. But the part that should give you comfort is that we are able to be that, not because of us, not because of what we do or what we did. It's because of what he did. So I'm going to continue with your help to paint this word picture through song, there is this picture in the text of the elders falling prostrate on the ground, on their knees. And I'm not going to tell you you've got to do this, but in spirit of sparking our imaginations, maybe as you, before you come to take communion, you might want to just be on your knees as we sing those, these words back to him from scripture, from Isaiah 6. And then as you feel led, our communion table is open. It's here for all people. It's been done by him. There's no reason to have it redone. Get rid of that guilt. Get rid of that shame that's keeping you from joining at the table. Okay? So as you kneel, if you'd like, as you just spend a little time in personal worship, come up off your knees because the table is here for you.
3: i mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. He's
4: Are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. I'm about to call each conqueror to dinner. I'm spreading a banquet of tree of life fruit, a supper plucked from God's orchard. Are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. Christ's conquerors are safe from devil death. Are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. I'll give the sacred manna to every conqueror. I'll also give a clear, smooth stone inscribed with your new name, your secret new name. Are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. Have a great Sunday, everyone.